0: And welcome to Women in the Business Arena, formerly known as the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host Laura Shook-Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs how to conquer the business arena and achieve not just success, but fulfillment and liberation. We also believe that this is a continual journey of ups and downs, so we get honest, vulnerable, and real about what it takes to succeed. Think of this as joining our inner circle of women discussing the issues that matter and the strategies that will help you enjoy the ride. If you want to continue the discussion, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with a lovely co-host, Laura Shook-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hello, beautiful. How's it going? Yeah, really well. I'm excited to um, keep diving into this week's uh, podcast topic. We thought today we would... um, talk a little bit about keeping focus of the bigger picture. I think that it's really easy when you're running a business to get lost in the details, in the implementation, in the day-to-day operations. And so we sometimes forget the, the why, like why we're doing this in the first place and what we really want to contribute to and, and the bigger picture. And I think that's so important to keep us going.
1: Yeah, it is so important to be anchored to what's really driving the passion and it's so easy to get kind of just pulled off that mark because life is busy and there's lots of distractions there's lots of things that we have to do and I and I think that for myself I get I can get caught up in in the to-dos and in all the activity of what the business is needing to sort of run on a day-to-day basis and when I stay in that current for too long then i'm just not even that efficient in that space anymore that's how i notice that i've lost kind of my connection to my why is that i start being really yeah. efficient, inefficient in the in the to do's it just doesn't quite work anymore what about you like how do you experience that
0: Yeah, I think I get into overwhelm actually, like where it's like, it's like I'm in a maze and I'm lost. Like that's when I always know I need to actually zoom back out or, you know, get some altitude, you know, have that bird's eye view back up to the, the big picture because I find I'm, I am definitely a big picture person in general. So I find that if I focus on like implementation and details for too long, I totally lose sight of the big picture. It's like, I'm just lost in the detail and it's overwhelming and, and I can't, yeah, it's like kind of like a fog. That's where I always sort of know, ding, ding, ding,
1: ding, time to have a day where we zoom out. yes yes yeah and that's kind of that inefficiency for me is probably I love that word listeners are going to hear me use that because I measure am I efficient am I inefficient I just Mm. I'm a Virgo I can't help but kind of measure things and by that sense of am I getting anywhere and that's overwhelmed too for me it's it's when I'm overwhelmed I'm sort of on that hamster wheel and there's a lot of energy going out to all the little details but there's not enough energy coming back in and And I realize in those moments that, okay, I've lost the connection to my why. I don't lose the why. Many of us don't really lose it, but we lose the connection to it. And Mm -hmm. when I think in losing the connection, then we lose the way that it supports us. It can be this really great um, energy giver when yeah. we're really connected to it, right? It's like it yeah. keeps reminding us, bringing us back and, and even giving us literally a, a boost when we remember our why. And so the question is, why is it so common for us to kind of let it drift away and get bogged down in the overwhelm of all of the little stuff that happens to so many of us? That's a really good question. I mean, I, I
0: don't know. Like, I think it's just a different perspective. And I think what happens is I almost think we're trained and indoctrinated to be busy, right? To be, yeah. to get tasks done. It's like, that's back to that sort of masculine framework. It's like, get tasks done, check them off your list, check, check, check. And then it's like, you get into all those details of checking things off and getting things created and accomplished. And and it's like the the sense of the feeling of it of why we're doing it all in the first place. And I actually think there's like so many important pieces to this topic. Like there's so many reasons why we need to keep a hold of our why. But maybe we should also backtrack just for a second and talk about like, what does that even mean? What does finding our why even mean? And how do we go about sort of discovering that?
1: Mm, good question. And one that, interestingly enough, is often talked about when we discuss women in entrepreneurship. The why seems to be something that when women are surveyed about their business, they actually answer more often than men that there's this why, there's this passion, um, there's this sort of calling, and not that men don't have it, but it's just that women answer more positively that they're, they're following a call a call to some greater good and a social impact, a problem that they see that they want to solve. I mean, so many mom entrepreneurs have been able to create products for families that were a huge problem, like a a car seat issue or a stroller, basic food issues, right? So it's really interesting is there's a lot of great innovation that comes from women seeing the challenges <laughs> that that they face and that other women often face. So I just think that this is interesting that we're talking about the why on this podcast because I'm guessing that so many of the listeners are raising their hands being like, yes, yes, it was the why. And so let me define like what was my why? It's something that for most of us is that thing that keeps us up in the night that taps on our shoulder when we keep telling it to go away. I don't have time. It's that creative pulse that says there's something in this world and I'm here to do it. I'm somehow specifically, uniquely called to do this. That's how I would define it in this moment.
0: Yeah. I definitely think it's that piece. I agree. Of, of like the way we want to contribute in a bigger way, and and how we want to shift and change the world, right? Like, I think so many of us see something in the world that's a problem, and we want to shift and change people's experience. We want to help people. We want to, you know, shift and change the world, way the world is seeing or treating people. There's all these different ways that we really want to contribute to the world in general, and I do think that is the feminine, right? That is the, you know, what is all the statistics that they talk about? Or well, they discovered years and years ago in a lot of study worldwide that if they contributed to girls, they were far more likely to contribute to their community. and whereas men were more likely to contribute to themselves, boys and and you yeah. know whether that's you know all the money going into alcohol or you know different sort of entertainment and things that they would do, whereas
1: wealth uh, yeah. yeah, over time, like legacy yeah. wealth and such. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Whereas women were far more likely to give it away to the whole community, to share the wealth, to lift everyone up. That's sort of the natural tendency of the feminine. And I think what happens is so interesting is that you know we we have that inspiration and that fire in us that is the feminine that is that wanting to contribute to something bigger wanting to do something that you know wanting to see a change for most of us and i think that then what happens is as we get into the masculine structures of the business world because you know we've talked about many times there's still not a lot of feminine frameworks you know that we we lose sight of that we lose connection of that we become more disembodied from that
1: mhm yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's um, it's actually making me think, I've just started this book that's um, called The H-Spot in the Pursuit of Happiness or The Feminist Pursuit of Happiness. And the author is bringing up some really good points about just pleasure seeking in general has not been something that we've really, or she's kind of examining f- the feminine relationship to pursuit of happiness. So like the constitution was written with our right to the pursuit of happiness, but it really meant men included in that. And that so much of women's even access to pleasure is always seen as either um, sinful um, or indulgent. Um, Like we actually have, she makes a really good point, even in the beginning of this book, I'm barely through the first few chapters, but I'm like, she's hooked me already in understanding, yeah, what is this relationship that we have to actually following happiness through pleasure seeking, which can be the big why. So even though sometimes it's a social problem that we're solving, there's this ability to follow our creative uh, flow and to feel pleasure in work. And that was something that, Women were always, you know, discouraged. Well, you're you don't you need to stay home, and you don't want to go to work because that's, you know, that's just not going to be very enjoyable for you because it's men men's work. And so, just all these different ways in which we either are pursuing pursuing leisure time or work as pleasure seeking as an actual in um, what's that word means to an to an end that's actually growing our why in our sense of enjoyment through our work. So I don't know, it's really interesting that we're on this topic today because it has my will spinning now of like, yeah, we are motivated by our why, but do we really give ourselves full permission to enjoy the why and to keep getting more and more creative about the why? <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> well,
0: definitely. And I feel like, you know, actually being so hands on with women in business right in my in my business i see a lot of that disembodiment or disconnection between the why and then the application of what they're doing in their business so for instance the other day i had a mastermind with my private clients and i wanted all of them to begin to think about like i had them all sort of stand up and do their elevator pitch i hate that word but you know sort of a short introduction of themselves and in it the disconnection to the why was so apparent right? No one talked about their why in their intro. It was more like, here, you know, I do this for people. You know, there was, was just not at all that connection. And so, I made them all then spend some time figuring out what is their why, like connecting back to that. What do they want to contribute to on a much bigger level? And then I had them all go around again and do the, an intro with that why included, the benefit to that is like all of a sudden people can connect in values to what you're saying. Like instead of you just being another coach doing blah, 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 it's like they get into your why they feel it. There's a feeling that you're communicating and a feeling that they get. And then there's this, this value connection,
1: which is so powerful. Yeah. And I think that that's a really great exercise for us, no matter where we are in our business to do that, to go, back to the why and get out of the elevator speech that we've all kind of gotten a little bit to, you know, just ingrained a little bit with where it's just this habit of, yeah, I do this and this is who I work with. And I mean, we definitely want to share who we're serving and how we're, helping to solve that problem. But I think, like you're saying, if you back it up, though, to, but why? Why is that relevant to you? Why is that so important to you? Why is that your calling? And that's the unique story. Because you really get at this what's driving that person because there's so many different issues to solve. Why is that one the one that you chose to hold on to? For example, just even you and I, when we launched Soma Vida, that was not just a, our why. wasn't Oh, we think it would be really cool to just have a shared workspace. It was we are single moms that are struggling to do it all, and we have discovered that most workplaces separate the personal so far out that door that you have to expend too much energy being one thing here and one thing with with your kids. What would it be like if we thought of everything more? integrated from a more holistic perspective and we can bridge that gap between the personal spaces and the collective workspaces. And so that's the interesting why, because us as single moms were struggling and we had this passion to do it, not just, oh, we wanted to give shared workspace and we provide all these solutions. So I think that that's like if the listeners are kind of wondering, okay, where, where do I back that up? It's why is it your, yours to do? What's yep. that story? What's that experience? What's the challenge, the personal relation to you that led you on this journey to actually create a, a possible solution for that?
0: Right. And how is that going to change the world? Right. Because I think sometimes we it's like we don't carry it all the way out. You know, you know, what I'm doing with helping clients streamline and, and scale their businesses, like that's great. That's helping women make more money. That's helping women, you know, have more balance. But what is the point of that? Right. Like when I when it's like so many people are doing similar things and they're not talking about what the change is gonna be in the world. I mean, it's interesting, like even with myself, like, you know, my why is constantly something I'm working on. So late last year, I was looking for some mentors that were in a much higher sort of success bracket than I was so that they could help me, you know, sort of raise my business and contribute more and have more impact and all of that. And it was really interesting because I could find no women at that level. Not who had, uh, you know, an actual like coaching program or a mastermind or mentorship program. Um, mo- more of them were on the level that I was on. So it's really interesting because what I realized is there's tons of men at these really high levels in business, right? That have more financial power, that have more impact, or they have the potential for impact. Although a lot of them aren't using it, but you have far few women. In that financial power position. And so it really shifted my why because it made me realize that what I want is more women with financial power, not because they're going to be millionaires sitting on the beach enjoying their pina coladas, but because they can have impact because that financial power, that money can be like woven into so many powerful programs and powerful things that people are doing in the world to contribute to a better world. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, it's not just that I'm, you know, helping people with their businesses, which is great. You know, that in and of itself is is nice. But what I want people to be
1: is in more financial power to contribute, Mm -hmm. which is then, yeah, it's their why and how the why is going to impact People around them, like how is that your contribution to the world? Your yes. what do you hope to see? And that's sort of the big picture where it comes to the vision, because I think people can get bogged down in that feeling um, that I mean, this is why the the inspiring quote of "be the change that you want to see in the world" is so mm. helpful, because we think that we have to do so much. So sometimes in our business, we think, well it's not really impactful until I've scaled it to this degree. It's really not impactful until I have this many employees. It's really not this great. And, you know, we're always kind of setting the margin higher, the expectations higher and higher. And we we stopped to just even, if we went the other way with it, where we actually stopped trying to think that we just had to get bigger to make that impact, but we just got stronger and more Protective of our own energy, of like of the way that we are bringing ourselves into the world is like, well, how am I showing up? And every day when I show up, am I showing up from this place of connected to my why and why I'm making a difference in the world? That's extremely powerful. That's the change, being Mm. the change, not waiting until or just like completely losing sight of the why, trying to get to the bigger thing. And I see that play out, unfortunately, in in an ironic kind of. Way with a lot of women that have to go after funding to be able to do what they want to do. And yeah. I see them losing themselves along the way and selling out their why because they have to get that investor who doesn't quite resonate with the why, but it resonates with the money that it's going to bring. And that really makes me very sad um, yeah. that more and more women are having to betray their whys for money. And so that comes back though to us funding like women, funding other women. That's one little side note that I'll talk about another time. But getting really clear with the women who are going to invest in you what your why is because they're the ones that are going to listen and they're the ones that are going to understand how that why does create a sustainable business model and they're going to be there to hopefully help you bring that out into an impactful place.
0: Which is why we need more women with financial power. <laughs> No, you know, like I am. Back, back to the we'll bigger picture, right? I mean, and there's so many aspects to this. Like, you know, we need more women funding women, like, especially in positions where we can, th- there's industries where there is a like a high profit margin, right? So take the service industry, which is one of the reasons why I work with it service industry, there's a lot of potential for high margins and high money, right? Like a good financial power. So if you're a coach, consultant, a service provider of some kind, there's models like the model I teach that really allow you to have a lot of financial power. Whereas products are a lot harder to have financial power, right? Because you've got to sell a huge quantity, you have really low margins. But women like us, women in service providing companies who can have a lot of financial power, we have the ability to contribute to those who are doing amazing products, right? Or nonprofits who are doing amazing work in the world. And this is what I think we've got to really look at. Like, Why are we doing this? It has to be more than just for ourselves. And one of the reasons I brought up this topic is because what I see is that a lot of my clients get stuck, right? Not just my clients, but entrepreneurs in general, get stuck on, you know, the focus on themselves. Like, oh, it's so hard to be in business. Oh, it's hard to market myself. Oh, I don't want people to judge me. I don't want to put myself out there. And in no way am I saying that stuff is easy, but if you have your attention... On what you're contributing to, what you're changing in the world, and your why, it is so much easier to move through that stuff.
1: Mm, I'm so glad that you brought it back to this point, because that's where the resiliency is. Like you're saying, when we get really narrowly focused on the struggle, then it's hard to keep going. But when you realize that this is a part of something bigger. It's my bigger vision or it's me being a part of the bigger world or the bigger um, industry that you're making a headway in or you're making a difference or you're making an impact. And if we don't, if we lose sight of that driving why, then those days that we just really want to throw in our hats, those are going to be the days that truly do take us down. Like they're going to just really take their toll on us. And we're all going to have those days where we do want to just throw our hats in the ring and walk away. Yet, there's a different level of being with, like, knowing that I'm going to come back to the ring when I have that connection to my why. I mean, I, like, everybody needs to unplug. Everybody sometimes just needs to, to walk away, take a deep breath and come back. But when you have that connection to your passion and your why, then it really is just a break. It really is just a recharge. And then you're ready to re-engage and do the work. And it sustains us. It's so, so important. And and I think that when you really do start to walk away from something and it feels right to walk away, you might want to ask yourself, did I just, did I complete my why? Or did I change my why? Like, why is this no longer driving me? Because sometimes the why has shifted and something else has become more clear and the why is just pivoted. And then you allow yourself to let go that piece that no longer is driving you into focus and let the why take you in a different direction. And I think that's a whole nother, you know, kind of a topic for a podcast of like how, what happens when your why pivots and like, how do you work with with that bigger picture in a way that um, helps you stay true to your, your initial vision, but allowing it to evolve and change and be more of more in alignment with where you really want to be.
0: Well, and I, and I think that just brings it back to the importance of making sure you're always aligned with the why it's kind of like, like my desire to shift the world for women, right? To have women be more empowered, to have women have more financial power, for, for them to be able to operate in their business in the feminine, not in the masculine, in a way that's more aligned with themselves. To some degree, that's always been my why from as far back as I can remember. So it's like, it's a thread that's always been there. And so, you know, like sometimes I laugh because my husband and I will have these conversations. And for me, I've always been playing the long game. So I never look at short-sighted things of like, oh no, this is a bad month. Or, oh no, this is not happening. For me, it doesn't matter. I'm playing the long game. I've always been playing the long game. And I think what we need to realize is if we're clear about our why, which does evolve and and does get more defined and does, you know, sort of uh, shift and change and grow, it's like a living thing. If we're following that, then the pivot is easy because there's not really a pivot. Like the the tactical is yeah. pivoting, but yeah. the why is not necessarily pivoting. It's just that how we see ourselves
1: best getting to the why might pivot. Exactly. It's letting, allowing ourselves to make that tactical move to pivot, to follow the why. The why is constant, but it's staying um, clear about it. And it's really interesting. I made a comment to, I was on a, a panel recently with some social impact entrepreneurs and someone was bringing up um, systems theory and talking about how important that is for them in the creation of their nonprofit and how understanding just all the different um, pieces of how we interact and how systems, different pieces influence one another. So I'm listening to that and and I'm nodding my head and I'm thinking, yeah. I started studying systems theory when I was 18. Like, I was so attracted to the idea of systems in family psychology. You know, first it started there. It started with the psychology of the individual within the family system, within the context of a extended family, and then community. And tribe and all of that. And I was listening to that. And I told her afterwards, I said, it's so fascinating when you enter your 40s, you start understanding why you were attracted to something when you were 18. (laughs) It's like, it's so fascinating. And she's in her 30s and she says, I can't wait till 40s then. It's all gonna make sense one day. It's like, yes, actually, there is. It's kind of that there's things that we do that we just intuitively do and we don't understand the bigger picture. And what I love about, living longer and about aging is that all these different things start to come in and it just resonates with oh that's why i've always been attracted to that because then i've applied systems theory not only in the creation of my private practice but i use it in co-working and i use it to understand systemic change to hopefully combat some of the patriarchal challenges to the existing system right it all starts to make sense Um, and it was always been, it's always been a part of my why is to basically help create systemic change so that we are working with a system that is more healthy and holistic to the entire human experience.
0: Exactly. And working, you know, with so many women over the years,
1: that's really what
0: I've seen is that we all have this thread of our why almost from birth. It's like, we, but we don't understand it. We don't know what it means. We don't understand the drive of it. And, and we've talked about this before when we talked about the impulse, like the way that I define- our life purpose is really an impulse. But I think it's this thread that we keep having to redefine our, our two, it's kind of like, I see it like a sculpture. When we were you know, born, we have this impulse. It's like this big sort of blob. We don't really know how to define it yet. We haven't actually refined it. And then over the years we refine and we refine and we refine and we refine. And then it moves into sort of the tactical application, like how do we start to put our attention and energy and and actions towards something that will create that thing, that why. And what I see is that so many people start their businesses with a why and then they lose it in the application of their business, in the operation of their business. And that's what I think we really want to get back to, you know, and really talk about, particularly with this episode, is that, you know, it is so important to get back to your why and to make sure that that thread is actually running through every single aspect of your business from like how you choose your tasks in the week, you know, is this. When we look at priorities, is this priority actually contributing to my why?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to look because we all struggle with prioritization, right? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> anybody can say they've nailed that one. We all know that we're supposed to start with our priorities. But sometimes how do you know what's a priority? And that's a great way. That's like a really good, you know, when you have sort of the quarterly um or annual, however people do it, their retreats to step away from their business and to do the bigger vision, to reconnect to the why. And that's my, that's maybe something we could share in this podcast, Sonia. I'd love to hear your kind of your tips for, you know, when you're really in that overwhelm, like how do we pull back? Um, one of those, you know, is if we're able to pull back and look at what we're, what we're prioritizing and just simply asking, is that connected with the bigger why? And if we've lost that why, then it's even deeper work to sort of come back into ourselves through meditation or movement or time in nature to, to connect to the why.
0: So. Yeah, for sure. And look for me, I mean, I'm experiencing this right now actually, because I sort of shifted and changed some of my tactics. And then I've been implementing the last week or so. And whenever I go into implementation, I find that I eventually lose lose sense of it all. I don't know. It's like I I literally, like I said, I'm in a fog, I'm in a maze, and all of a sudden I'm like, okay, well, my things are accomplished, but what the hell am I doing now? <laughs> so yes you know, I've realized I need to um, actually get back to the bigger picture. So for me, one of the first things I realized is I have to create space. Like, you know, this morning before we recorded this podcast, I went to the coffee shop and I was thinking, this is my thinking, I'm going to cram getting back to my why and the bigger picture into 30 minutes. I can do it. I can cram it into 30 minutes, right? Yeah. It doesn't happen. Like you need to actually create space. So, I've blocked off most of my day tomorrow to go back into really like and having some space. So, it can't just be you fit this within an hour. Like, you need a day, you need time to. Like, feel it and contemplate and move with it. And I think that's sort of the first step. If you feel like you've lost connection to that, then my recommendation is you need to create a day with yourself. You know, go block a day off, go to the hot springs, go take a walk, whatever, but make sure you're not pulled in by too much structure. So, appointments, you know, people demanding your attention, phone calls, emails, but you've actually got the space to start to feel into and get back to that bigger picture.
1: See, and this is where I think the feminine knowing that this is one of the best things that we can do for our business gets somewhat crowded out by the, the old school masculine way of thinking yeah. of productivity. We're not getting, you know, oh, but we need to get back to these people or we need to get that stuff done. We can't go and meander through the woods and <laughs> listen to <laughs> birds. Like we got to get, get that done. And you know, the reality is that that is the Best thing, and even the most successful male CEOs who figured they have figured that out. They have figured out that they have to step away and and, and from the day to day and be able to create space. And I feel that naturally, what comes when I create space is a natural sense of wonder and curiosity. Yep, exactly. I get more creative. I get more curious and that is something that doesn't happen when I'm in the trenches when I'm in the to-do list when I'm trying to just get it all done I don't have that same creative problem solving I don't have that same kind of sort of natural curiosity or just stop for a moment and just be in wonder with what it is that's happening and how this whole process has its bigger picture, bigger um, journey to fulfill. So I really think that it's remembering that it's not, it's actually not counterproductive. It's super productive to retreat and to return to yourself so that you can listen to that wise voice that sometimes has been drowned out by all the busy, the busy busyness, like you referred to earlier, that is in our everyday culture.
0: Well, exactly. And I find, you know, and I think a lot of women can relate to this you know the feeling when you're in the flow, right? And all of a sudden, everything's easier. Things just manifest. Like There's so much return on effort, right? That's when you are connected to the why. That's when you've had the space. You've given yourself the space to really flow. And I think that's the difference between how we have to learn to operate in our businesses. We can't keep operating in that short-sighted, structural, masculine way because it doesn't work. It doesn't work for Us And it doesn't work for the world. If it did, the world would be a much different place right now. And so we've got to start turning things around by learning to operate more in our feminine. And it's not that we don't utilize the masculine inside of ourselves, right? Because we've all got feminine and masculine. But it's about proper place. So if you put the feminine first... If you put the feminine as the priority, the big picture, the vision, the contribution, the why, the emotions, the flow, well, then all the things you do in the masculine are going to be super effective.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. Like let the feminine be the queen and then she will dictate to the masculine side of herself what to do. Come on. You can implement it because I've gotten clear. Um, But yeah, it's that queenly knowing, it's that wise self and us just giving ourselves that space to do it is so so important. And I'm really glad that we're talking about this today because I just have so many different um mine's probably not so much overwhelm in the trenches, but more of like a lot of different things that I'm looking at juggling new projects. Like do I want to take on this? Do I want to streamline this or pull back on this. So getting really clear and differentiating like where I want to put my energy. And it was starting to feel a little bit overwhelming. And now that we're talking, I'm reminded again, well, of course, because I'm trying to use this, you know, pragmatic, rational thinking to which one should I do, which one makes sense. And it's really time for me again, to just take all of the things that are, that are really in a way, just this great energy, creative energy that's around me, take that all into kind of a quiet place and retreat with it and let it, let myself sit with each thing and really ask myself, which one is my why, which one gives pleasure? And this is coming back to pleasure again, because I think that for women, it's sometimes... A little bit of a taboo to say, I'm going to do this because I can. I'm going to do this because it's it makes me happy. I'm going to do this because it's pleasurable. Because guess what? That's making a positive impact in the world. We are quick to say, I'm doing it because I'm feeding this many you know children in this particular country. I'm doing it because I'm saving the whales. I'm doing it because I'm saving the planet, and that is awesome because that's we know that we do those things. But guess what? It's okay. For us to do things because we actually can, because we have the ability and the insight and the skill set and the passion to do something that feels good. And that ripple of doing things that feel good in the world has a positive impact. And so I just want to kind of remind everyone as they're thinking about their why to be okay. To just sit with that, to to sit with how do they feel about letting themselves do something uh, in their work that's just because it feels damn good. Really like it. Like, I love this and it makes me happy.
0: Well, and I think, oh my gosh, that's such a thread. We could just bring it into a whole new podcast episode, really, because, I mean, and I think we have kind of talked about this along the lines of selfishness, you know, versus, like unselfishness. Like there is this, it's really interesting because I look at it as the feminine is both. It's like, it's, it's the contribution, right? And we're thinking about others, we're including others and that includes ourself. Yes. Right. So it's the wholeness yes, awesome. of it. Whereas I feel what, what happens with the masculine is that the masculine is selfish at the expense of others. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's very different. Like if you can feel it, it's kind of subtle in application, but if you can feel it, it's like the feminine is selfish, but inclusive. So it's like, it's, it's everything, right? That's the good, that's good. It's like we care for ourselves, but we care for others. It's all inclusive. Whereas that masculine side is the selfishness at the expense of others. So I think mm-hmm. if you can feel that, it changes things and it changes the dynamic because it's not healthy to be all about service to others and impact and to completely deny, you know, service to self. So yes. I think there's this balance of whole, wholeness. And when you look at it in terms of like the feminine and masculine, which is really like the feminine is being and the masculine is doing, one of the ways that we greatly contribute to the world is by being. hmm Yes. And that you know that being is pleasure that being is being in ourselves that being, and when we are whole we naturally give to others.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so much of this which we've talked about before is the undoing of the cultural conditioning. We still have these like hang-ups from the industrial revolution. We're mm. still operating our workforce in that way and we've really we're moving past that but we're kind of still stuck in that way of thinking. And so I feel that for many of us we we have we feel like we have to work really hard to earn the enjoyment. And this is a mistake that women make with their Businesses and I've made it my business where I think if I just keep working hard enough, then I can enjoy it. But guess what? The place that I am most enjoying it, the place that feels the easiest, which is the flow, which is the impulse, which is all the things that you talk about, Sonia, the effortlessness is when I'm in my gifts. The universe didn't actually give me something that I'm going to have to struggle through in order to earn the right to deliver it, it gifted it. Because it was meant to be, coming back to the bee, and it's so, it's so interesting how that worker bee mentality of I just need to work, 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 and then I can indulge myself also kind of interrupts our ability to just be with what is effortless and recognizing that our why can feel like that—that that it doesn't have to be associated with struggle. I think that's a new paradigm for us as humans in this day well, and time.
0: And I think it's it's a dysfunction. It's like yeah. a dysfunction in ourselves. And the reason is, is because what, what I relate it to is that women don't feel like they're valuable enough in their gifts. So then what they do is they offer all of these things outside of their lane, outside of their gifts mm-hmm. in order to be of more value. And they don't realize that actually what is most effortless for them to do is where they're in their greatest value. And this is what yeah. I see constantly right yeah. so many people are striving outside of that because they don't even deem valuable what is their mm-hmm. gift mm-hmm. they deem valuable what someone else told told them it was valuable or they deem valuable what they think is like giving everything or most yeah. women are giving way too much yes
1: Yes. Yeah. I was having a conversation with a um, marketing consultant that works in health and wellness with health and wellness entrepreneurs. And she said, yeah, it's really interesting that many... I find that many women are not able to really, um, what's the word, like really embrace their gifts and their strengths. Um, if it comes really easy, they think they have to go get another, like a diploma or yeah. something, yes. you know, be like, well, this is, I'm just naturally good at this, but I don't have any credentials. Like, it's just what I'm good at. So I better go to school for it. Or I better get like somebody to tell me I'm good at it. It's like, wait a minute. No, that's where you're naturally gifted like where you're supposed to bring yourself, and yes, we all have our different trainings, and it's important. I really am grateful that I have a master's degree in psychology because it was this wonderful educational experience. I wouldn't trade. However, I know that that isn't all that merits who I am, and all the experiences that I've had since then, all of the different natural gifts that I have, like all of that is what shows up when I put value to my work, and I find that yeah, many of us are like, well, that's just easy for me. So I better, I better like work harder. <laughs> like yeah. I better get some sort of, um, yeah, just some sort of validate external validation that this is something I'm good at when no, like that's what you're good at. You know, you're good at it and that's what you're here to do. So really remembering that value is something that I think will constantly come up over and over in this podcast. Cause it's something that comes up over. And I think both of our internal dialogue, you know, you and I are always doing that work with ourselves to remember to step into our value and trust that what flows is often our, our fierce feminine and what's what we're really good at.
0: Yeah. And look, I think actually that, you know, the value issue is systemic dysfunction for women in general and so we won't go quite down that rabbit hole today because we're about to wrap up but but I think it's something that we we have to talk about more and more because it is the primary core issue that I see in business is that women are not valuing what they're here to do they're not valuing themselves they complicate things they you know that's a I'm streamlining people's businesses a lot of what I'm doing is just stripping back all that stuff that's not someone's real gift yeah but they're doing it because they don't feel valuable enough. So, you know, I think that that's a really interesting thing, but kind of back just to sort of like yeah. wheel it back to the topic we're talking about today. You know, I think it's really important that each of you, as you're listening to this, starts to think about creating some space to get back to the bigger picture why. And then to look at that, when you actually sort of get clear and it drops in and you're and you're really understand like, what am I contributing to? What is the point of even operating my business? And you know, what do I want is bigger than myself? And I think that's important. It's not that we, it can't be pleasurable for us and it needs to be pleasurable for us. But I think what happens is, well, where a lot of people get stuck is when they're too focused on themselves in their business and, and not like is a, in a selfishness, but for women it's in self-consciousness. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think then it's like they, they get stuck there and they don't go and progress any farther because their attention is no longer on what they're contributing to. And so my suggestion is to get really clear about what that is. Put that on your wall. Look at it every single day and look at how can I
1: weave that more and more into the day-to-day practice of my business. I love that. And I just had sort of came to mind, as you said, about self-consciousness. It's like, may we just become more you know, or as self-compassionate as we are mm. self-conscious. Like, I let's turn that, con- that that critic into compassion and really sit with it. And I love that. And for me personally, it is about quiet space. It is about meditation. It is about getting away. And so I hope that everyone can just kind of carve out some time where even if it's just a staycation like it's in your city yeah. it's just maybe your pa- your favorite little you know tea shop your coffee shop just something where you feel good they play music that you like or they have an ambiance or aromatherapy like think about where does your body feel good like what are the sensations the places that you just like can think about the sensory experience there and it feels good a local botanical gardens i mean there's just so many things and just go there the day you know and put it in your calendar just like you do every other appointment that's a real legit appointment <laughs> with self um, and just go and get away and come back to the why and like Sonia said especially when you're struggling and starting to feel overwhelmed it's it's a place to return to give you the resilience and the boost that you need to carry on
0: that's right All right. Well, I think that's a great place to sort of wrap up for today. Thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can dive into more of the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease so they can create more success, more fulfillment, and more liberation. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay.